are vampires real and why did their so-called existence cause mass hysteria across Europe? All that and more in this Supernatural Edge podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's show, The Supernatural Edge, where we're going to be looking at vampires and the legend they have become. You're joined by me, Andrew Fruinhouse, and James. James, how are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you, Andrew. What about yourself? All right, we're still in lockdown. Well, at least for the time being, we, we don't quite know what's going to happen uh, towards the end of the week. But if it does ease, it might just be maybe a little bit. Who knows? Yes, um, it would be nice to have that little bit of freedom back. We'll soon see. Uh, so this week on the show, we're focused on vampires and your perception of them. And let's go back in time here, because vampires have been uh, reported for many years, uh, becoming very popular in the medieval times in, across Europe, and most recently have been showcased in movies, uh, including um, Dracula TV series, recently done by the BBC, and programmes as fluffy as Twilight. So vampires still pretty much fascinate people, but where did it all begin? Now, we said it's gone through thousands of years. James, can you fill us in on how it all started? Well, vampires are very interesting because if you look throughout for different contexts of um, different religions, there's always been something like a vampire-like creature or a creature drinking someone's blood. Now, of course, there's many different factors that people believe vampires came from. Whether Fadfa Impaler had some sort of effect to that, but of course, you know, as I said, you could go through a long list of different religions from the demons and the gods of about sucking blood from a human, or even you could say that it was believed that um, some people even believed they had to feed for their bodies' blood in different religions. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Vlad the Impaler there, who uh, I guess a lot of people probably know him. If you don't, it's, it's kind of thought that Bram Stoker, who, who wrote the book Dracula, named it after Vlad Dracula, who was also known as Vlad the Impaler, purely because, um, well, one, he was based in Transylvania, as we now know, but he, he ruled Romania on and off between 1456 and 1462. Uh, he's basically a, a brutal person, and he was fighting off the Ottoman Empire who were trying to dominate the world. And he got that nickname because he would kill his enemies and impale them on a wooden stake. Now, that legend has kind of gone throughout time, hasn't it? So, uh, mm. and, and quite you know, a lot now people do, I guess they do associate Dracula with Vlad the Impaler because he did a lot of weird things. Like when he was dying amidst his dying victims, um, which is strange in itself, he would dip his bread in their blood uh, and such things like that. So you can you can see why people might have thought that he was the inspiration for Dracula as we know it today. Yes, indeed. So there's actually another famous case which is quite fascinating, and that is um, Elizabeth of um, Bafio, out in um, Hungary, in 1611. Now, she was actually bricked up in one of the rooms of her castle as a punishment for killing over 650 young girls. 
and she actually murdered them full for their blood. And the main reason being was is that she was so scared of growing old and losing her beauty, which she was known throughout the whole of Europe. She thought their blood yeah. would make her young again. So she would like bathe in the blood and stuff, which is youth um in itself a very so strange is, thing I, to do. I will actually say, um, believe it or not, recently science has actually proven if you put a young person's blood into an old person's body, it does actually help the body a bit and does actually help it become slightly younger. That may be the case, but I think I'll probably give that one a miss. <laughs> it sounds a little bit brutal in, in the nicest way possible. Uh, there was also Mercy Brown as well, who um, is seen as a rival to whole Crown Dracula's story. Um, she was a real person. She lived in Exeter in Rhode Island over in America, uh, and was a daughter of a, a farmer called George Brown. Now, after George lost many family members, including Mercy, in the late 1800s to tuberculosis, which, to be fair, wiped out a lot of Europe and the world, um, his community used Mercy as a scapegoat to explain their deaths. So this story is telling us that people would accuse each other of being vampires. And that spread across Europe, many years ago where thousands of people were claiming to see vampires. Mm. See, one of the things that I do find fascinating as well is the super, uh, superstitions about the vampires. And it's like, for example, if a person died, uh, of course a coffin would be in the house at the time, and it would be noted if any cats actually jumped over the coughing, that would actually, or other animals, it would mean, the chances are, that person would become a vampire. It's weird how these strange things come into, by folklore, really, that seem to um, spread worldwide and people really believe them. And for a while, you know, we were, we were a very superstitious nation back in the day. Uh, especially when you've got things like the plague that spread across uh, Europe and, and those kind of things. And we said about witchcraft before, which is another strange thing that went around the world as well. But equally, so did claims of vampires. In fact, in the 18th century, there was what they called a frenzy of vampire sightings, which took place in Eastern Europe. And that would result in uh, people being staked, Oof, lovely, uh, grave diggings to ensure they could take out the vampires. And it just went across... Well, it actually started in, like, um, East Prussia in 1721, but it spread across to even here in England as well. And there were hundreds of people claiming that they had witnessed vampires. What is that about? I mean, that's a strange thing to spread. I think one of the cases here is... Um, and it's quite a common one. It's, of course, years ago not everyone always had the science and knew about what would happen to a dead body after. And there's quite a few cases out there where they actually believed a vampire was going around killing cattle or whatever else or killing people. And they would go to the person's grave, dig the person back up. And once they opened the coffin, of course, they had um, blood around their mouth. They had long nails and stuff like that. And they believed that person was a vampire. But of course, science tells us today that sadly, on some occurrences, your body 
will actually lose blood and stuff will come out of different holes after you've actually died. I mean, it's yeah, and and we didn't understand as much back in in these days. Of course, we we should obviously point out is a big point there. Um, but this was a real mass hysteria. I mean, it, it we said before it took hold of the majority of Europe, and as we said before, it, it began as an outbreak in vampire attacks in East Prussia. Now I don't know where that is now because it's obviously not called that, um, and it spread from there. And two of the most infamous cases of the vampirism, which kind of inspired this. Uh, was recorded involved the corpses of I have to say this right Peter Blagojevich and Marla Sisa uh, from Pupo from Serbia. Now the first one, Peter there, he died at the age of sixty two. Nothing strange about that for those days. But people alleged returned after his death asking his son for food. Well his son refused, he was found dead the following day, the son that is. And it was claimed that Peter Supposedly returned and attacked some of the neighbours who died from loss of blood. Hmm. So that's the first story. Then we've got the second case of Milos there, which we mentioned before. An ex-soldier turned farmer who allegedly was attacked by a vampire years before, dying while haying. After his death, people began to die in the surrounding area, and it was believed that he'd returned to prey on his neighbours. I mean, they're, they're pretty big accusations to make, really, aren't they? But they obviously weren't, because, as we said before, it spread across Europe. Yes. And even governments got involved in this. Yes, I think the thing is, like you said, with the mass hysteria, and because of people dying, I guess it was something that, you know, if you blame something, it's much more easier to control. But also, it's a way of scaring people. I think if you, you know, back in the day, we were a, uh, a very religious country, uh, as most of the world, most of Europe, in fact, was either Catholic or Protestant. And, you know, you're, you're taught in those religions to believe in God, not believe in the afterlife as such. And so sometimes it's like these, these accusations of vampires could also almost be used as a way of disciplining people into believing in religion. Yes, indeed. Uh, it is a very good way to actually control people and make them, I guess, in a sense, if you don't follow this religion, you know, something bad is going to happen and this is the uh, powers of the uh, unknown and for devil's work. Yeah, I mean, the point is that, you know, we're saying that this, this controversy which happened in the 18th century, um, it, it caused what they called epidemics of so-called vampire attacks. Um, I mean, a lot of it was, as we know, was probably caused by superstition but then to as locals going out and digging up bodies in some cases staking them i mean that's people's families are going to go that they're seeing do that to i mean it's, it's a pretty big thing to do yeah i guess for well, the families that's involved of course it's it's not a nice thing digging out a relative um but of course you know there's so many different cases here where they'd actually put heavy stones on um different graves also, they even put rivets through the legs and the arms to stop the, course, uh, the corpse from walking. Yeah, because you couldn't escape, could you? I suppose you were pretty much bolted down to the, um, to the coffin. Mm. Yes. I mean, I think that the perception of vampires today probably uh, are very different to perhaps what they were back in those days because today people are fascinated by the idea of vampires. And this kind of brought out an idea of 
vampire hunting group. So we go out doing ghost hunts uh, with sexual tours and events. These guys are going out doing vampire hunts. And this has been going back for quite a few years. And it still does today, believe it or not. Did you know that? I've seen a few people that call themselves vampire hunters. And even um, you can buy vampire hunting kits. And then, of course, I have seen where people get the teeth changed and call themselves vampires. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, this is something we'll, we'll, we'll go into a little bit later on, but it's absolutely quite right that people do um, exactly that. They they, they um, call themselves vampires. They live a vampire life. As, as they, and I actually watched a TV show, I believe it was on Amazon Prime, actually, not a couple of weeks ago, which was about uh, vampires. And it kind of covered the history and then went on to to modern perceptions of vampires. And they were interviewing people who said they actually really believed they are vampires. They've had, they've got this um, dentist who, who implants the fangs into their mouth and stuff. And they, they, they do actually generally drink each other's blood. Uh, I mean, that's not a safe thing to do. So I wouldn't recommend you do that at home. Um, and they're doing these, these, these things. And there's, we have to say that there is some sort of, sexual thing related to this as well with vampires or modern day vampires at least yes indeed i was actually reading about this this morning and i was actually quite surprised they actually believe uh, quite a few years ago for sexual attraction or for symbolic symbol it's a connection between but uh, bloodletting and also um for vaginal bleeding, that pl- takes place on the Virgin Bride's wedding night. That um, sounds lovely. <laughs> um, not sure what else to say yeah. about that, other than it sounds awful. Now, uh, we should look at, before we go back to have a look at modern day vampires and stuff, is that we should look at the Highgate vampire. Uh, now, this was only back in the 1970s in London, in Highgate Cemetery, and it's the most in-depth account of a story by uh, a folklore expert, Bill Ellis. And so, basically, for whatever reason, initial public it got, it got a lot of publicity. Um, and for some whatever reason, occult people started going to the cemetery in the late 60s. And it was being vandalised, to be fair. But on Halloween in 1968, a graveyard desecration by people who are unknown in Tottenham Park Cemetery. Now, they took flowers from the graves, they put them in circular patterns, all sorts of weird things. Then a coffin was opened and the body inside was disturbed. Hmm. But what they did with that was they drove an iron stake in the form of a cross with a lid into the breast of the corpse. I mean, this is quite recently, really. We're talking the 60s here. And that started the local legend of the Highgate Vampire case, which spread through to the 1970s. Uh, people said they saw grey figures. They said they had supernatural occurrences in there. Um, people said they saw ghosts there as well, that it was haunted. And what actually happened was it um, resulted in mobs and all sorts of things. Now, today, people still believe that the Highgate Vampire exist. And there is a Highgate Vampire Society, from what I understand as well. So they're still looking at the possibility that vampires are still real, still exist. 
Yes, indeed. And I think the thing is, the more as time goes on, like you said, um, people have got the fascination with the vampires now, with things for films and TV shows. I think it's one of those things a lot of people out there um, do actually want to either become a vampire or know that they exist. It's quite a strange thing to say, but... Yeah, I mean, th- this all happened from a guy called Sean Manchester. So he claimed he saw a figure in the cemetery, which was a vampire. And the media quickly found out about it and latched on. And they started to really exploit this a bit as well um, by saying that this vampire in there was the king of vampires, practicing black magic. And what actually happened was that ITV aired the interview because so many people were claiming to see this supernatural figure. And that resulted in a mob taking place within two hours of that broadcast. Now, these, this mob was by alleged vampire hunting, hunters who came from all over London. They came from everywhere. They swarmed the gates and climbed over the walls because the Highgate Cemetery is normally locked. And the police couldn't control them. Now, several months later, we're talking about August the 1st, 1970, a child and headless remains of a woman body were found not far from the catacomb of the cemetery. And people thought, and the police certainly suspected, that it was used in black magic. Another situation, we found another one. Um, the police found a guy called Farrant in the Highgate Cemetery as well. He was carrying a crucifix and a wooden stake. He was arrested. So, again, we've got this whole idea that they still exist. Yes, indeed. There's been TV shows, there's been movies about this Highgate cemetery vampire as well so we were talking a bit about modern day vampires and the, the people live this life we said before people have had fangs implanted uh, to really look the part i suppose but also if, if you believe popular culture and you see these programs you start to notice that there are almost like vampire clubs yes i think it's very interesting as we talk about um the most recent vampires and even vampires throughout history. There's a lot of it that still has actually remained intact of what a vampire is. It's not really changed. Yeah, I mean, the fangs thing, um, you know, the, the, the sucking the blood, the drinking the blood, um, the sexual parts of it are still very much uh, alive today. But, but these people who, you know, haven't watched this interview for these modern-day vampires who are living the life of vampires because that's what they believe they really are, um, they don't really believe in the fact that they're immortal because we know that people aren't immortal, but they believe that that the blood enriches them to give them power. And that's what a lot of this is about nowadays, is about the power side of it. And you watch these, um, I guess they're like nightclubs, really, where people go along who are believed to be vampires or living their life, and to, they do these rituals, they sacrifices, all this kind of strange stuff, which is because they believe they're vampires. Yes, um, believe it or not, I did actually meet someone a long, long time ago, and she had a fascination with vampires, and what she would actually regularly do with her partner was um, make small cuts. Yeah, well, that's what he would do, isn't it? And um, she had a special scar healing tissue that would actually heal up for cuts after. But, um, yeah, that was her local weekend activity. I mean, one of the ones I saw was... Uh... A family in America who were, they weren't a real family, they were, they couldn't have a family of outcasts basically. So there was what they called the mum and, and, and um, dad, 
but they're taking in people who are outcasts by their families who then become vampires. And it was like very strange because you go in there and be pretty normal people, but then they would, as part of the evening meal, I suppose, they would suck each other's blood and stuff. And it, yeah, I mean, we, we should point out this is not a good thing to do at home because you can, of course, get infections and things. So, no, it's, but they're doing it and that they believe that it makes their life better, which you can't really take that belief away from them. No, I think that is the thing here, you know, as we talk about fan passing, everything, it is a, a individual person's belief. And I think the thing is throughout history or even now or whatever, you can't always get that belief away from someone. If that's what they believe, that's what they're going to believe. So now identifying vampires back in the day was quite a big thing, wasn't it? So we're talking about rituals that we used here. Uh, for example, one method of finding a vampire grave involved leading a virgin boy for a graveyard or church grounds on a virgin stallion. That's a horse, by the way. Uh, supposedly it would bulk at the grave in question. Now you'd have to use a black horse for this. Now, that's kind of, although in Albania, it was a white horse, just to point that out. Um, holes appearing in the earth over a grave were taken as a sign of vampirism that, that you know, attempts to escape. Um, now, if you looked at a corpse of a vampire as well, generally described as having a healthier appearance than you would expect from a corpse. Okay, I'm not sure how you would think that would look, but um, in some cases, people thought the graves had been opened. Villagers described the corpse having flesh blood from a victim all over his face. Although we know that actually that is part of the, the body rotting nowadays. And evidence of a vampire being active in the area included death of cattle, sheep, relatives or neighbours. There you go. Even to the point that some people believe the vampire also made the presence felt by engaging in minor poltergeist style activity like hurling stones or moving household objects or pressing on people in their sleep. God, I imagine that could be quite a scary thing to happen, couldn't it? So, how, how do you protect yourself from being from a vampire? How did you protect yourself from vampirism? Lots of different ways. How about garlic? Yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, Andrew, um, you said uh, about some people believe that vampires had a um, portugoist activity. Um, of course, a lot of people believed back in the day, of course, um, and different parts of the world, that vampires could actually become invisible at times. Yeah, so, you know, they could do all sorts of things, couldn't they? Um, now, I might... But, yes, like... Just... I, I like the garlic farm in uh, the other white, so I wouldn't be able to go there if I was a vampire, because apparently that was one of the ways of uh, getting rid of them. As was a branch of a wild rose and hawthorn, said to harm vampires as well. Though in Europe, we believe that sprinkling them with mustard seeds, or sprinkling mustard seeds, I should say, on the roof of a house, was said to keep them away. Holy water, crucifixes, rosaries, the lot. And also another thing that um, vampires was believed to be afraid of was actually lights and fires. And torches were actually lit outside a house. And of course, plenty of candles and a big roaring fire inside was believed to keep that. And of course, you see that in movies, don't you? And you see that in the, the BBC show, I think it was late last year, they showed uh, a series called Dracula. And, and at the end, actually, that's how he, I think he died, was through the light. If it's seen, I've just ruined it for you. Um, 
But also they said they can't walk on consecrated ground of churches, temples, that kind of thing. Um, so and again, one of the things we should mention is that apparently they can't see their reflection. Yes, that's quite interesting you say about reflection. Um, it's actually believed when a person died and you had the coffin back at home or at their home, the mirrors were actually thought to reflect his soul and they were actually taken down or turned around uh, that was near the corpse to prevent the soul becoming trapped in the mirror and returning later to animate the body. But as well as that, uh, people would actually draw the curtains, whether it's in the daytime or nighttime, because they believed as well the sun and the moonlight were seeing as strong sources of life, which could actually reactivate a corpse. Now, of course, it's one of those beliefs people still do today. Yes, it's weird that these things still uh, exist, even though it might be slightly different reason, but it's come from the back of these strange superstitions that we had back in the day. Indeed. So, um, we talked a little bit about historical vampires, we've talked a bit about um, the religion aspects of it. What about in TV and movie? We mentioned before there's loads of Dracula TV series, there's loads of movies based on Dracula, um, there's because uh, we mentioned one the BBC did last year, we mentioned uh, Twilight, which is a very strange take on all things vampires, I have to say, because um, if you've never seen it, it's about a vampire that falls in love with a living person, which is, which is strange, because you live forever if you're a vampire, so it could be a very long um, life. Um, did, people, did people want to become vampires? Was there ever a thought that people wanted to do that? Because of the immortality part of it. Yeah, I think the thing is, because of the whole power aspect, or sexual desire, or even living forever, I think there's an element there that does attract people. Yeah, I mean, we said before about the, the fact that if you go to these clubs that, that exist nowadays, that a lot of what they do, the drinking blood, the sacrifices, the sexual part of it, is all to do because they believe that is a power aspect of it. And there's there's like covens if you like. So you've got your your um I don't know what you call them really your, your vampire chief or whatever you want to call them who sort of look after that area, and then you've got your other vampires there. But a lot of it is very is very um yeah sexual to say the least. I have to say, hmm. which I guess is maybe another reason why uh, people of course. want to do it. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like we could talk about amount of different films and TV shows you've actually got out there, of course um, in a programme Supernatural you have vampires yeah. regularly or the film um, Blade it's one of the first um, adult rated uh, Marvel films that came out uh, quite a few yeah, years Yeah, and if you look at now. things like um, talk about modern day uh, vampires, how about Malawi then, uh, back in 2002 early 2003 they had several allegations of vampire attacks and that resulted with mobs stoning one person to death and attacking at least four others, including the governor, Eric Shawaya, who based on the beliefs that the government were colluding with the vampires. I mean, that's only what, 15 years ago, not even that. Yeah, it is shocking. Okay, so it's even... And how about this? In the UK in 2005, rumours circulated that an attacker had bitten a number of people in Birmingham through the concerns that it was a vampire roaming the streets. 
Um, although the, the police said that there was no such crime reported, it went all over the internet. And, but in 2006, uh, a professor from the University of Central Florida, he wrote a paper saying that it's impossible for vampires to exist. There you go. Did you know that? There you go. Well, there you go. So, um, again, (laughs) Malawi again, um, had it again in 2017, where mob violence related to a vampire, which apparently killed about six people. And then six people then accused and killed of being vampires as well. So, it's not really something that's ever really gone away. But we said before, vampirism and the vampire lifestyle um, are still part of today's occultist movements, really, aren't they? Yes, indeed. And it looks like it's here for many years to come. So, um, do, do you believe in vampires? I, my personal belief of vampires, sometimes when I go through all my books and I look out for the history side of it, I find it fascinating that it, different parts of the world at one point that didn't have a lot of contact within, with each other all had a similar thing, the dead coming back from a living and rising and, of course, drinking people's blood. I find it fascinating that they all have their own version of what you could Yeah, they've gone mind. back in the day um, where you said that some of the other explanations for these uh, vampires as such was things like, you know, premature burial. Perhaps people weren't actually dead in the first place and realised what they were doing and tried to escape. It's fairly plausible. Um, we've also got things like porphyria, which uh, is a rare blood disorder. And again, that could be the reason why people have seen blood around people's mouths when they've dug up the the graves and things um that's why people might think that people that vampires suck blood and even rabies now we haven't had rabies in this country for many years but some places still have it in the world and that's been linked with vampires as well because you, one of the, the um signs you've got it is hypersensitivity which could be why you're scared of garlic and sensible to light as well so there's lots of reasons why um and you'd be scared of looking at your own reflection that kind of thing so and don't forget that one of the things that spreads rabies or two of them is wolves and bats which are also associated to vampires as well so there's lots of different theories that could explain vampires but ultimately we don't know whether they really did exist or not it's quite interesting you say about wolves and bats because it is actually believed in some parts of the world um werewolves would actually go on to become vampires there you go so what we learned from today is that, yes, there's um, still people who believe they're vampires today, still live the vampire life, but actually they're living a life of vampires that were allegedly attacking people and were reported back in the medieval times right through to, as we said before, 2017. It was only three years ago. And yes, there's going to be TV shows which, as you said, things like Vampire Academy, which is a series on TV, Twilight, um, The Hollows, um, quite as low vampire huntress never seen that never seen that any of those to be fair dark shadows there's loads of tv shows that really have inspired people's interest and fascination with vampires even to this day penny dreadful i've never seen that either have you seen that 
It's one I know series I keep on meaning to watch and I haven't Yeah, I've never it seen yet. it either, to be honest with you. A lot of people do talk about it. Oh, don't forget Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who can forget that? I've never watched that. No. Um, How about The Vampire Diaries as well, which is ended now, uh, which again is very much like a Twilighty sort of situation. Being Human as well became a popular program back in uh, 2008, which had a strange vampire in it. And I've seen some of this, uh, True Blood. So True Blood, which went on for quite some years, actually, I think, which is an American program, which again is all about vampires. Have you seen that? No. Um, I've seen a few I've only seen a couple of seasons of it. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's one of the programmes that starts out great, but it probably goes on a bit too long. Um, And we said before, you you mentioned Supernatural. Those kind of TV shows, of course, are really still bringing vampirism into the modern day. So, before we finish, any parting words, James, about vampires? Um, I guess really... It's one of those subjects I always find interesting and, okay, you have got modern-day vampirism and everything like that. I must admit, I do find the history aspect of it more interesting. But I guess really there's so much out there and it's one of those things we could be here for quite a few hours just talking about the different cases across the world and everything throughout history. And to me... Vampires, it's one of those puzzling things. As I said earlier, it's always been there. And it's just sometimes hard to work out why. Yeah. And we have to remember that, that, that there are some things that have changed. You know, you know, people would often uh, said that vampires back in the original days wore shrouds, they were bloated, uh, ruddy or dark colour, uh, very different to what you see on TV now with the pale vampire, which, you know, whitened black around the eyes and stuff which is very different to today but uh, yeah I mean either way we still know that people still there's still vampire hunting groups there's still a lot of research going on there's still claims of vampires happening today well thank you for joining us today uh, it's been fascinating looking at vampires we will have another one very very soon so please do keep uh, subscribing to our YouTube page of Supernatural News and make sure you join the like page uh, and all our social media channels as well because we'll have loads of fantastic podcasts coming your way, won't we, James? We will indeed. Until then, we'll be more. Enjoy, we'll see you soon. Do you want to find out more about the news in the supernatural? Then head over to our like page, Supernatural News, or our website, supernaturalnews.com. Dot com.